Hello, hello. You are listening to a pastor in his newspaper with Dr. Castro, a podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. I am Dr. Castro. It's great to be with you. And um, the beginning of March Madness starts today, I believe. Actually, games have already been going on. And uh, just to let you know, uh, I have a, a pretty interesting Final Four picked. I have Arizona um, upsetting um, Alabama in the Elite Eight to make the Final Four. I have Marquette um, from the Big East making the Final Four. Houston as the only one number one seed in my Final Four. And then Gonzaga, uh, who's a three seed this year, uh, in the Final Four. And I have Gonzaga winning it all. So I see uh, the Bulldogs finally being able to cut down the nets and win the whole thing. So I am. I do have a Tennessee-Memphis um, elite well, I guess it's a Sweet 16 game. Um, so that would be awesome if that happens. So Tennessee has to beat either Duke or Oral Roberts in the second round to get to the Sweet 16. And then Memphis will have to beat Purdue to get to the Sweet 16 so they can play against each other. Still, the one with the most watched college basketball game uh, still um, is the Tennessee-Memphis um, number one versus number two uh, in Memphis that Tennessee won in the last second shot. So... I uh, would love for uh, that game to, to be in the in the um, NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16. I have Tennessee beating Memphis in a close game, but uh, that would be a lot of fun, especially around here in Memphis. Um, I, I believe that the state should get involved in this, but Tennessee should play Memphis every year in basketball. It's just ridiculous that they're not playing every year. So, anyways, it's a, I have some some upsets in, in uh, um, a lot of my bracket. Uh, I have Ole Roberts upsetting Duke. Uh, I have Furman upsetting Virginia, and I have Charleston upsetting San Diego State. I have Charleston going to the Sweet 16. Um, I also have Drake. Um, I think they are a 12 seed, also making the Sweet 16. And I have VCU going to the Sweet 16 as well. So um, so I have, a, I have some upsets in there. I have NC State in the Sweet 16. They're 11 seed. So, um and my son, Lincoln, did his first bracket this year. So um, excited for him. He has a pretty good Final Four uh, selection, I think. And um, Hicks has Iowa going pretty far. And they do have one of the best offenses in the country. So we'll see if that happens. So uh, hopefully you filled out your bracket already. Hopefully you're in your groups. Uh, I know our, our central group is pretty big. We have like 45-plus people that have joined, which is a lot of fun and should lead to a lot of good conversation uh, on Sunday mornings and Wednesday night during the tournament. So, um, yeah, so I, I did not watch the Oscars um, on Sunday night. I uh, saw that Brendan Fraser won Best Actor, which is just crazy. We, uh, I remember Brendan Fraser from the Mummy movies and from George of the Jungle, which we watched as a family not too long ago, a few days ago, and a very silly movie. I did never thought that the guy playing George... Uh, would end up winning the Academy Award uh, someday. So, um, so that uh, there's a lot of the movies I did not see that were nominated for movies. Uh, I did see Maverick, which we thought was great, um, and so maybe I'll get to watch some of these these movies that came out. Um, I, I would love to watch the Elvis movie. I know it's on HBO Max. So some movies I probably should put on my bucket list to watch and just have a little more of opinion of, of those movies. So we're going to talk about uh, an interesting um, topic that I read. I was listening to a podcast that recommended this article, 
by Marilyn Robinson, who's a fiction writer. Uh, some of her books have been um, recommended to me, and um, hopefully I'll get to read The Gilead, which I think is one of the ones that was recommended to me. I think it's like a trilogy or a series of books. Um, but uh, this is a fiction writer, and she writes about um, spiritual things. I know uh, some Christian um, um, Christians have the, are the ones that have been recommending this particular book to me and, and said that I should read it. Uh, but she wrote an article in the New York Review of Books called the-, the A Theology of the Present Moment. Now, it's a very long, it's an essay. It was very long, and basically the, the meat of the, of the essay is about uh, science and religion. As these two major pillars of society, of our civilization. And over the last, obviously, over the last hundred or so years, there's, you know, there's been a war or conflict between uh, religion and science. And, and, and one of the things she, she writes here is that religion is viewed today as ignorant and fear-driven, while science as atheistic and arrogant. And these kind of extreme polar views of one another and um, and so we you know and science has really had a difficult few years, especially with COVID, um, and the especially the arrogance coming out in regards to science, and really just completely ignoring and discounting religion altogether. Um, but one of the interesting things that Marilyn Robinson brings up is just the 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 wonder of the universe, and and how beautiful the cosmos is, and how. How, and, and sometimes, even in science, we we the scientists have kind of discounted and somewhat pulled away the wonder by just focusing so much on the factual um, and the data aspects of creation. And religion, as well, she argues, has is somewhat argues for the the truthness um, and the importance of religion, but doesn't sometimes speak about the wonder and the beauty of of creation. In the universe, even in their arguments for the the reason for God, um, and she mentioned a, a few um, passages of Scripture, uh, especially the Job thirty eight passage that I'm going to pull up and, and read. Uh, but it really speaks of the wonder of the universe, and this is God answering Job's um, you know questions in the whirlwind. God says, "Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge, dressed for action like a man? I will question you, and you." And you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurement? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling band? and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come, and no farther, and here shall your proud ways be stayed. And it goes on and on of God's, um, the minute detail of God's creation, and how God and his power uh, creates, and, and, and how we should see and stop and just be attract, attracted by its beauty, by its it's wonder, um, and when we think about just in the in the kind of the magic, the, the majesty and the in the in the scope of creation, um, I think religion and science needs to stop and 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 just be kind of in wonder of creation um, 
and how beautiful it is and how great it is, especially the more that we've discovered that kind of the quantum uh, theories of science and looking at the, the minute details, the subatomic fabric of creation, when we look at how complicated really the universe is, um, which, you know, I would argue points to an intelligent design, to a creator, to a God who created, because as the complexity of the universe and why is there something rather than nothing? Um, and, and just kind of stop and just kind of pull back and just look at creation, look at the glory of creation and, and celebrate it and, and be full of joy for it. Um, you know, John Calvin says that the theater, the creation is the theater of God's glory. The world is the theory, the theater of God's glory and that things which gives it meaning, which gives a comprehensiveness to the universe. And, and that we are, you know, God has created us and placed us in this theater to act. And, and one of the beauties of creation is not only that God created it, but he gave humans, created humans in their, in God's, in his image, but then also gave them dominion in creation that God, um, allows and permits, uh, humanity uh, to make choices and make decisions in his world. And it does affect the world. Now, I do believe in the sovereignty of God and the providence of God and the governance of God over the universe. Um, and I believe God uses human actions to accomplish his will, but he does allow and permit humans to make decisions and to do certain th- things. Um, and to, and to, as we see, because we live in a fallen world, because of sin into the world, man commits good and he commits evil. He causes things to be, um, he causes things to, to be organized by man. But we also see that we see havoc and disruption that are happening because of man. We see man creating beautiful music and poetry and, and art while we also see things that are destructive uh, we see uh, people using their minds to create bombs and weapons that destroy and kill. Um, so you see both of these things happening in the universe, and God allows it, God permits it, and God uses it to accomplish His will. And and the and and Madeline Robinson even talks about Joseph and how God used um, even the actions of Joseph's brothers um, to accomplish His will. Um, we see that God even uses the evilness of man to accomplish to, that, that he, and he tends it for good. Uh, we see that in, in Genesis chapter 50. Um, and even thinking about the, the larger scope of, of God's plan, he allows and permits Joseph's brothers to sell him into slavery. And so Joseph goes to Egypt. He is sold into slavery. He then becomes second in command of Egypt. He then provides for um, uh, Jacob and his sons and, and to his brothers, and, they, and he moves them to to, uh, to Egypt. So they are cared for during the famine. So again, what God, what they meant for evil, God intended for good, brought them to Egypt. But then, uh, because of that, also 
um, they were sold into slavery. So uh, Israel over that time grew into a, a large group of people. Um, the new Pharaoh forgot about Joseph, sold them into slavery. They were in the slavery for 400 years. Again, all part of God's plan, then raised up Moses, used Moses to then draw the people out and then uh, brought them into the, into the promised land. So evil actions were, were done in the midst of this story things that were evil, God intended it for good, and God accomplished his plan. So there's a there's a will of God, there's a sovereign will, there's a, a, a kind of an ultimate will that's happening that God is authoring while at the same time humans are making decisions. They're making good decisions, they're making evil decisions, and it does have some consequences into the, in, in the history of the world. Um, and I think that the issue that we tend to think is that our lives have no significance, right? That we make individual choices, uh, we make decisions, um, we do certain things, and really only affects maybe us or maybe people close to us, but it really doesn't impact anyone past that. But you think about Joseph. And they sold, I mean, when you think about the brothers who sold Joseph into slavery, they were not thinking, well, we're going to do this because we know that if we sell our brother into slavery, into Egypt, eventually he'll be able to bring us to Egypt, be able to take care of us. So then down like 400, 500 years in the future, um, well, there'll be a man named Moses who will then lead us out of Egypt and God will give us a promised land. Now, God did promise Abraham that he would make him the father of many nations and that he would give his children a land. But Joseph's brothers weren't thinking at that level. Um, they didn't. They were just thinking, we don't, we're jealous of our brother, we're envious of him, so therefore we hate him and therefore we want him to die. But instead of killing him, uh, Judah stepped in and we'll, um, we'll sell him to slavery instead. Um, so there are decisions that people make. And these decisions have impact. They have significance. Um, and so even people arguing for bills right now, these congressmen, these senators, presidents, mayors, and governors, the issues that they're arguing, the decisions that they're making, we don't know the impact that those decisions are going to have. But it does have impact. It does affect the... the um, the decade, the the descendants that come before them, we don't know how it'll impact them. Uh, it'll impact them in positive ways. It'll impact them in negative ways. Um, Robinson mentions a a, a Puritan um, writer, John Flavel, Flavel, who said that uh, we're judged twice: once when we die, and once when everything we have said or done has had its final effect. Whisper a cruel, a, cruel, a cruel rumor. Who knows what force it will acquire, acquire if it lives. And she even mentions the Apostle John's passage. The tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. How great is a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. I mean, again, why would James write that if it did not have significance? If our words didn't have significance, even the little crude joke. You know, even the, the, the argument that is made on, on the floor of Congress that speaks negatively about a group of people or race of people, we think that it's just a moment in time and that's all that truly it carries only that weight. 
But we really don't know the impact of our actions and our decisions and our words. The Bible says a tongue is like a fire. It could be, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's a member. It's a, it's an instrument. It's a tool that could provide grace and renewal and, and encouragement, or it could set something ablaze. And so the, the wonder of our universe, how that we've got this, this complicated and, and vast universe that God has created, that is, we're still discovering more about it every day, and that he placed us in the middle of it, right? He created man, he created him in his image, he placed him in the garden, he gave him a dominion and over the, the universe, he created us in his image, and we have, we shape the earth, we shape the universe. God, sh- God is accomplishing his will through the decisions of humanity, and that, in some ways, should scare us. It should, in some ways, give us uh, just a sense of, um, I guess, dependency on God, that, that we do the right things, that we say the right things, that we have the right intentions when we do things. But while we do believe that God has, you know, he ultimately created in Genesis 1, but God is continuing to create Things are continuing to be shaped, you know, um, and, and I think that's when we, when, we con- when we think about and ponder creations, like people's creating things, videos, art, um, you know, businesses, other things that people create, it does reflect God. And God uses those things to, again, to accomplish his ultimate will, um, and that is, I think that's significant to think about and ponder and wonder, um, you know, how humanity uh, affects this world. She, you know, she, she writes quite elegantly. She says, the earth is the only planet strung with light. I think that's a really fascinating statement that, again, this whole universe, earth is the only rock, the only planet where you, when the sun is not setting and, and the earth is, is on the other, it's on the dark side and there's night, that we, we have decorated our, our planet with lights. You know, I think about my own, like, backyard. I've strung some, some lights across my pool. And in the summer when we swim, we'll turn those lights on and kind of enjoy the water um, under the lights. Um, I love cities that at nighttime. There's the lights uh, everywhere, and and just the how we enlighten. We strung we've strung lights in our earth. Um, we've done things to our earth that harm it, but while at the same time we have provided it with with brilliancy and a shine. Um, we are able to to travel and to go to different parts of our earth because of transportation and airplanes and cars. Um, and so in, the, in this theology of the present moment, when, we, when humans make decisions, those decisions have impact. There is a um, utility to those decisions. And they're not valueless. They're not meaningless. They do have meaning. There's an intentionality that God uses those decisions and those actions to accomplish his will. We can choose to shape 
the earth and shape our universe with, with decisions that are good, or when we make decisions that are selfish, that are prideful, that are, um, that only, we only think about ourselves, how much that does have impact. It does negatively shape our universe. When we say things out of frustration, when we say things out of annoyance, or we say things out of anger, and we, we say those things out loud, it does impact. It does have have a it causes. It's a cause that has an effect on things, and there is a causality to the things that we do and the things that we say. When we uh, when we kick a can, the can moves. Right? It does. There's it shapes. It changes, um, and and God is ultimately in control of all this. He's ultimately um, sovereign and providential over these things. Um, But I think it's important for us to think about our, our impact, our actions. Um, And, and we think about even the world we live in, all the different minute decisions and actions that led to where we live today. Um, And, you know, I, I think about, you know, when people say, how many people have you led to Christ, Matt? I used to not know how to answer that question, right? But if you think about it, how many times I've I've shared the gospel with people or prayed for someone to come to know Christ or preached a sermon to those that heard the gospel? Um, all those different things that I've said or, that, or the actions that I've done, like it has impact that I'm actually not even aware of. And God, again, the complexity of our universe, even when we think of time, like time is something of as we measure time with minutes, seconds, hours, days. Those are measurements of time. But our concept of what time really is, it's, you know, right now I'm doing this podcast and it's a moment in time, right? And it's going to take several minutes and to do this particular podcast and to record what I'm saying out loud. And you'll listen to this podcast, you'll push play and you'll spend the time uh, listening to this. But then like when we think about the impact of these decisions and these actions and how, how it has impact on us and to others, it we really don't know, but God uses it as the master over time. He uses it. And he is, as we think about time and God, God, yes, is creator of time. He's outside time, but he's also works inside time, right? He's using all of these decisions and all these actions to accomplish his ultimate plan in the world. So we can be comforted that God is not, nothing, nothing is an accident. Everything has meaning in what we do. But let's not say that our, our decisions have no meaning. I think we sometimes do that. We don't think things have major impact. Well, I can make this decision. There's not much of an impact on it. What we really don't know the impact. We really don't know how it's going to affect someone's life or how it's going to affect a group of people's lives or how it's going to affect a, a certain place or group of people. And I think Joe kind of, as he has this conversation with God, gets to understand that God has a plan. He is the author of this great theater for his glory and we are actors in this play and God is accomplishing something. God is intending things that happen for his good. 
And I, I think through that, as I just kind of read the news, and I, I see, I've read an article this yesterday on China and Taiwan and the view that, oh, crap, when did this stop? As I'm thinking about Taiwan, uh, some you know American military generals have said that it's inevitable that the United States will eventually go to war with China over Taiwan. And you read about that. Um, and the, the biggest issue is preparing, but never, hopefully, never going to war. Um, keep deterring the Chinese. Um, the U.S. has always kind of try to support Taiwan from afar, but not try to support them too much so that it sparks an invasion or war uh, with China. But, you know, look at the, just for an example, you know, Nancy Pelosi went and visited Taiwan and how, how much effect that may have had on Chinese and United States relations. She kind of saw this as an, as an action that she took and how much she doesn't even know the implications of her actions. I'm not saying what she did was something she should have done or not done. Um, I mean, you could argue that she shouldn't have done it. There would be some people who said that it was right that she did so to stand up and to support publicly the Taiwanese against the Chinese. But we, we have to think, we have to realize that our actions have impact. They have significance. There are people at play and, and God's using people all over to accomplish his will. And you think about people in certain roles, you know, that spark war and you know, think of Putin's decision to invade Ukraine, right? He's thinking purely from a decision of what's, in, what's good for his people, for the Russian people, not realizing, well, probably is realizing, but the devastation that he's causing, not only for the Ukrainians, but also for the Russians. And now there will be parents that will, not how longer have their sons anymore because they died and how that shapes and impacts that family and other families and a group of people and towns and cities of people. And so that's why it's so important as you listen to this to read God's word, to trust God's word, to live according to God's word. Um, you think about, again, like going back to the evangelism, you know, our, our center, we're going to have an evangelism training on the 2nd of April and like Pastor Greg is leading and you're like, oh, okay, what's, what's the big deal, right? I mean, do, I mean, are, are people really going to listen to me, share the gospel? Like, are they going to really, ch- is their life really going to be changed when I share the gospel with them, right? I'm nervous. I'm fearful. I don't know everything. Um... There's no way. I mean, how could I lead someone to Christ? But I think you're putting too much in the end result. Because again, God uses actions and decisions and words by man to accomplish his will. So if it's his will for that person to come to know him, he will use your faithfulness. He'll use your faithful words, your words of the gospel to maybe lead them to Christ or he'll use your, your words. Then he'll use someone else's words and someone else's words and someone else's words and someone else's actions and someone else's kindness 
and that will lead them to know Christ. And every person was a part of that chain that God used to bring someone to Christ. The most important thing is were you faithful in the moment? Were you faithful in the moment? Because God is, again, God is shaping and he's creating and he's using and he's forming and he's having, he's sustaining every moment of time. God is doing this. And so what are you going to do in the moment? What are you going to do when that, that moment happens? Are you going to say the right thing? Are you going to do the right thing? Or are you going to say nothing or say the wrong thing? or ignore, or be indifferent. It's the wonder of our universe. You got this massive universe, this complexity, this subatomic fabric that we're still learning, learning more and more about. And then God places his image bearers in the midst of it all and says, create. Have dominion over. Speak. Do. Show grace and show mercy. Don't show anger. Don't sin in anger. Don't um, be selfish. Don't be prideful. Don't be violent. Don't be greedy. Don't steal. Be honest. Don't lie. Because when we do those things against God, it negatively affects our world in ways we don't even understand how, it, how much it affects. Now, God, again, is sovereign over everything. And God brings even evil acts to uh, to, to a to a to an, a, a, an end of good. Um, but there's you know people as I read the news as I as I look at things I think people are making decisions not realizing the impact that it will have and how much it will affect people in ways they didn't even understand way they couldn't even fathom. Again, going back to Joseph and his brothers, the brothers did something evil because they were jealous. Now, God used it for good. Our our decisions do have an impact. So how do you think about the moment? How do you think about the present? When you get up in the morning, what is the first thing you do? And I think it, it, it brought me to an understanding that, you know, how do I use my time? Because my time, how I use my time does have an impact on my, on my children, on my wife, on people that I know and care about. You know, am I going to spend my time just kind of passively glaring at a phone? Is that how I'm going to spend my time? How is that going to impact my kids as they see what I do and then get justification that it's okay for them to do that? Or later on in life, they go, well, you never really interacted with us. You just put it on your phone. And that had a sticking point to them. Or the things that I say are not encouraging or building them up or helping them to improve or to learn. Instead, I just barked at them, lectured them, told them how much they, they do not measure up to my expectations and all of these things we don't think in the moment has much of an issue, has much of an impact, but it does shape people in ways we may not understand in the moment, but it does may have long lasting impact in some ways. And so 
take captive the moment. Take captive the present moment. Realize that God is in control and sovereign over everything. And God will use even our negative actions, negative words. He will bring those to um, a good result. He will accomplish his will. But I think we also consider what we could do in those moments that could shape the universe for good. And I think we should think that way and should ponder those things more often and, and think, how can I use this moment to bring glory to God? How can I use this moment to encourage, to love, to build someone up? to renew them, to give them refreshment, to teach them. And so I, I, this is a very interesting article. It, it's, it's, it's complicated. A Theology of the Present Moment, New York Review of Books. You can get this article online. It was written December 22nd, 2022. Marilyn Robinson. Um, encourage you to, to read it if you have time. And um, it, it would probably take you about 20, 30 minutes to read. Um, but I thought I'd just stop for a moment and just kind of maybe go to a deeper level um, and what really is um, shaping the news. It's people just like you and me making decisions, saying words um, and that shapes where we live, how we live. Um, and some of you may be in, in, in positions of authority, positions of, of influence. How are you using your influence? God has obviously given you these roles to shape the world for his sake. Are you doing that? Are you even realizing what you have and what role you've been given? And again, I think if we just had a concept of what came before us and what brought us where we are, it was people that God led to make certain decisions, to say certain things that led us to where we are. I can go back to look at you know where I am as a pastor. My father didn't grow up in the church. God re- remarkably saved him when he was in his 20s. So much so that he was baptized got serious about the church, brought his family to church. His son heard the gospel at a young age, became a believer. His other kids heard the gospel at a young age, became believers, lived their lives according to scripture, try to raise their children in the ways of the Lord. But my dad made a decision. God led him to make that decision and how that shaped the generations that came later. Now my father is an elder at his church, has led, told, shared the gospel with many people around the world, in India, Russia, America. He's not a missionary, he's not a pastor, but God's used him. And think about the people maybe who said a We just don't know 
we don't know. We don't necessarily get to see the end results to our action because God's continuing to shape and continuing to accomplish his ultimate will in individual lives and in the, the cosmic level. And so for those who go to Central Church, we have a, an evangelism event coming up April the 29th. And I will guarantee you will have opportunities to share the gospel that day. And the question is, will you be faithful in the moment? I'm not saying that someone's going to get on their knees and repent and put their faith in Christ, like in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost with Peter. I'm not saying it won't, but I'm not saying it definitely or guarantee will. But what I'm saying is, is that when you're faithful in the moment, God uses the faithfulness of the next person in that moment and onward and onward and onward. And God accomplishes his plan in that person's life. That person is led to know Christ. Or they reject him, right? And they reject Christ the second and third time. Whatever it is that God has planned, but are we faithful in the moment? Will you be faithful in the moment? We're not talking about that. Uh, it's up to you to finish the job, and if it's not, if you don't do it, then it it won't happen at all. All that all that matters is: Are you faithful in the moment? God is forming. God is initiating His plan in each one of these moments in time, and you're a part of that. That's how significant your life is. It's how valuable your life is. God created you in his image and you have value in, in his universe. You have a part to play in this theater of his glory. And so be faithful in the moment and, um, and, and, and use those moments to be faithful to God and to glorify him. So this is a little more, maybe more deeper level as we go kind of in a deeper um, look at why things happen. Why do uh, the news that we read and the news that we talk about, why do they even happen in the first place? And um, and so uh, we'll be back um, probably sometime next week. Maybe I'm going to be going out to Utah to go skiing, so I'll be out for a few days. But uh, I will be back either next week or the week after uh, with some more um, just episodes about the news and helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the basketball games. Go Vols and go Tigers and go Hogs. Those are my teams. And uh, we will hopefully be back in the future. Uh, this has been Dr. Kasha with a pastor in his newspaper. Please continue to read the news with the Bible in your hand. We'll see you around.